tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060. Follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. And it is a Friday. It is November 3rd. That means Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. If you missed our number one, full disclosure here for our number two, the show is being pre-recorded as I am on the golf course. We wanted to make sure, though, that you had all of the information for the weekend games. Our number one was exclusively dedicated to college football. Our number two, we're going to dive into the NFL. Plus, you still have your chance at a $100 gift certificate from Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. We thank Corey, who's in studio, making sure that this program's running smoothly. He'll also be taking your call when you are today's winner. Make sure you give him your weekend play as we're looking to go to 8-2 and two on the season. As I mentioned, it's Friday Spread, brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, so pay them a visit over at 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits weekend specials. There's some good stuff. Choice certified Angus beef bottom sirloin roast at $12.99 a pound. Bob's favorite prime boneless bacon wrapped pork chops, eight ounces at two for $10 and fresh natural boneless skinless chicken breast at $4.99 a pound. So make sure you're tuning in. We'll still have that $100 gift certificate a little bit later on in the show. You've probably guessed it. Uh, we're unable to catch up with Brian Lewis because of the nature of the pre-record. NFL props aren't really out on a Thursday, so we weren't able to do a pre-record with him, so we'll look forward to catching up with Brian Lewis of Pro Football Network for our NFL prop segment next week. Speaking of next week, a reminder here for you, Monday, everything gets shifted around because of the time change for the rest of the country. The Dan Patrick Show starting 7 to 10 a.m., Followed by the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp from 10 to 11, and this here program from 11 to 1. So that gets started on Monday morning. Let's reset the scene, though, with today's poll questions. And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Will the Diamondbacks challenge the Dodgers next season in the NL West? We've been doing a really in-depth kind of look ahead about the Arizona Diamondbacks and kind of a look back and, and forward. And it was a really fun conversation that got things started in hour one. So if you missed it, podcast it over at KDUS1060.com. But will the Diamondbacks challenge the Dodgers next season in the NL West? Yes or no are your options. We'll answer it around 1130 today. The Twitter poll question involves the Arizona Cardinals. Who do you have ATS in Cleveland? The Cardinals plus eight or the Browns minus Minus eight. Another question we dive into around 11:30. You can still cast your vote over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. All right, Bob's getting up for this game. It's a 7:30 start for the NFL in Germany. The Dolphins and the Chiefs. It's uh the line has moved from early in the week. It's now Dolphins plus one and a half. Chiefs minus one and a half. Over under sitting at the 50 and a half. Uh, on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. The game, as I mentioned, is being played in Germany. The Chiefs here, uh, they 
They uh, didn't do any other additional moves other than bringing back McCole Hardman before the trade deadline. He had two catches, 13 yards on two targets in that Chiefs loss to the Broncos. The Dolphins earlier traded for Chase Claypool. He had one catch, 15 yards last week. So that's what's happened with those two teams ahead of the trade deadline. The Chiefs coming off of a disappointing loss, but maybe not unexpected that that was a flat spot for them. However, Mahomes is 15-3 and in his career in games immediately following a loss and this is also fascinating when you're trying to figure out who is this Dolphins team the Dolphins score touchdowns at a rate of 39.3 percent per drive when they played the Bills and the Eagles which were their two teams they competed against that have winning records that number dropped to 21.1 percent also, those two teams are physical. Uh, was, the Bills were then. That's before they obviously had you know defensive line and linebacker injuries. And basically, they were dominated physically in both of those losses. I'm not sure if Kansas City falls into the category here because, uh, as we've talked about with frequency, and I think uh, justified frequency, their offensive line with some of the same characters, I mean, obviously they have new tackles, but... The middle three guys who are considered studs and a strength they have not been nearly as good this year. Those three guys in the middle, the two guards in the center, as they have been this year. So I don't know if they're going to be able to you know, have the same kind of effectiveness uh, that you would. That I, my confidence level is down in this offensive line. Let's put it that way. If they had the same offensive line and efficiency and run blocking as they had a year ago, I think they would just run the ball, and the Miami Dolphins wouldn't be able to stop them. Uh, like they weren't able to stop you know, Buffalo to some extent, and certainly the Eagles. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. As far as a couple other things in this game, Tyree Kill against the Chiefs. <laughs> so I don't, know, I don't know how to handicap that, quite frankly. Also, the Dolphins getting healthier. Xavier Howard expected to be back from injury he's there and practiced and so forth and obviously that will be his first game with Jalen Ramsey who returned last week Javon Holland who's one of the best safeties in the NFL has concluded clear concussion protocol also Teron Armstead made the trip I would be surprised if he played but who knows if he made the trip maybe they intend him to play but he's been on IR for a while and, you know, it sounded like he was going to be out for a really, really long time, longer than just the four weeks on IR when he went down with the injury. So there's that. Also, as far as just a matchup in this game, you know, the Bills, uh, excuse me, not uh, the Chiefs, my bad, uh, they pr- pr- uh, primarily play man defense. Miami has destroyed defenses that play man coverage. So will the Chiefs and Spagnola actually play more zone here? Because that's what uh, Miami wants you to play man. Uh, that's the preference of the of the Chiefs, and will they change? That's a fascinating thing to monitor because I mean they're going to. If you're the Dolphins, you love that matchup of Tyreek Hill's speed. You love what Jalen Waddle can do to beat man coverage. Also, yeah, they've uh, done a really good job with their running backs in man coverage. Now, they're not 100% running backs, obviously. You know, with A-Chan out for a while, and he's destroyed teams, and some of his big plays have been on pass plays. But it's not just the two wideouts. It's, you know, other guys on that team that they've gotten in one-on-one coverage, sometimes against linebackers, sometimes against safeties, and so forth. So this is kind of completely – 
against what the Chiefs want to do. You know, they want to play man. Their secondary has been excellent. All those young players that they drafted a year ago who got better during last season have been even better this year. Uh, so that uh, that's the one thing. Uh, if you're watching this game on Sunday morning, uh, I think I would be uh, when I watch it, I'm going to be paying most attention to that. The Rams and the Packers. Rams plus three, Packers minus three, over-under sitting at 38.5. Stafford is dealing with a UCL sprain in his thumb. If he can't play on Sunday, it's going to be Brett Rippon. Uh, I think that that definitely changes a lot of things for this Rams game. Jordan Love on the other side for the Packers is completing just 57.7% of his passes. He has 11 touchdowns and 8 interceptions. We've talked a lot about how the Packers are struggling mightily to score points in the first half. In fact, they rank last in points per drive differential in the first half. Also a side note ahead of or behind the trade deadline here. They no longer have Razul Douglas as they put a trade in for him to the Bills and in return received a third rounder. And apparently they made other players available. Uh, so were they selling? Um, it sort of looked like it. So we'll see what's going on with that. The Stafford injury, uh, you know, that make, makes a big deal. I, I would be, I, let's put it this way, I, I don't understand why he would play this week. They have a bye next week. Um, I personally don't think they're a playoff team. They might think otherwise, but he wants to play. I mean, we've seen him through here. The dude had a broken back and played in in Detroit one year. Uh, It turned out he had a broken back for a lot of the season and continued to play. Uh, So he's a tough guy, but I just don't know why he would play in this game. If I think that they'd be smart if they just sat him out and they have that bye next week. On to the Packers. Little more on the first half thing. They have not. They've gone five straight games now without a first half touchdown. Uh, Jordan Love's gone five straight weeks with at least one interception. He seems to actually be getting worse. Uh, Brian Gutekunst, who is the uh, Packers general manager, said earlier this week about he was asked about Love's future in Green Bay, and he said, uh, "quote Very important next ten games." Uh, so I assume um, he basically. Uh, didn't make a comment that I screwed up because I drafted Jordan Love and he sucks. Let's get into the Bucks and the Texans here. The Bucks plus three, the Texans minus three, over under sitting at 40. Numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. C.J. Stroud struggled last week. Uh, maybe it was a little bit of him just being a rookie. Maybe it was a little bit of him being a rookie with a long season ahead, perhaps. Off target, which was surprising for him, on 16.7% of his passes. The Bucks are coming off a little bit of a mini buy because they had that Thursday night football game will that though give baker mayfield the opportunity to rest up because he was destroyed by the bills and was already dealing with some sort of knee issue in that particular contest here so can the texans get pressure on baker because we've seen what happens when a team with a good front puts pressure on him yeah he i just don't think he's very good um i think he's been very good for the majority of his nfl career except for one half of a second the second half of the season when he took the Browns to the playoffs, other than that, I think it's impossible to say that he's been any good, really, at any long stretch of his career, even a half season. Uh, so I'm not surprised that they're fading. I would expect them to continue to fade. Uh, you mentioned the Stroud, you know, the accuracy lack of last week. Also, I don't understand what their game plan was. I, I kind of do, but I kind of don't against Carolina. 
Carolina bad against the run. Houston was more of a passing team or a good passing team than a running team. And for whatever reason, Houston decided that they were going to try to pound the ball last week. And then when they got behind, they basically tried to chuck it around. And at that point, you know, the Panthers were playing pass defense. Uh, then we have the Commanders and the Patriots. Commanders plus three, Patriots minus three, over-under sitting at 40 and a half. My goodness, good luck to us trying to come up with something for this. Uh, the Commanders have shipped out Chase Young to the 49ers, Montez Sweat to the Bears. That's two really important members of that defensive front gone for the Commanders. When you flip this on over to the offensive side of the ball, Sam Howell, he had a great game against the Eagles, but he's kind of been inconsistent so far. Far. When you look at what's going on with the Patriots, their offense continues to just sputter. Uh, they lost Kendrick Bourne to a torn ACL, who had been their leading pass catcher. Uh, so you're just kind of wondering, are the Patriots capable of taking advantage of the commander's lost pass rushers? Not as long as Mac Jones is their quarterback or anybody on their roster. I don't think it matters. Um yeah, they're actually, uh, you know, I've heard it mentioned this week that it's uh, subtraction, you know, addition by subtraction with Chase Young gone, that he had no interest in playing in the scheme in Washington and was just freelancing all the time and they'd had it with him. Uh, the sweat thing, I don't think they could turn down a second-round draft pick for him. So uh, the, the thought was before the uh, trade deadline that they were going to let one of those guys go. I don't think anybody predicted they'd let them both go, uh, but they're both gone now. And arguably, talent-wise, you can make a case that those are two of their best players. I think that Sam Howell still has a chance. In fact, I think he's had some really good things this year, but their offensive line gives him uh, – he, he he tries to hold the ball forever, and good for him. He's a tough dude also and is trying to make a play. Uh, but when he's actually had time to throw, he's made a lot of plays. And that does not surprise me because I thought he was very good at North Carolina – I think he has a chance to be a good NFL quarterback. And I don't say that lightly. I don't think that Mac Jones, and I've said this for two, three years running now, I don't think he's ever going to be an NFL quarterback. And I think some more people are now on my side. What's fascinating about Mac Jones is we saw him be – is efficient the right word in his rookie year with Josh McDaniels. Then – he had Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, and it seemed like there was just turmoil left and right, a lot of just uh, not on the same page, not continuity. So you're wondering then if he kind of uh, developed some bad habits, if he just wasn't getting the proper coaching that he needed in order to have success at the next level. So you bring in Bill O'Brien this year, who he's worked with before at Alabama, and you're not really seeing that progress as we're now seeing sitting here through eight weeks of the season. Well, I think that it just backs up. I didn't buy any of that crap that first year. And actually, I read these numbers a million times during the second half of his first season and then even a couple of years since. He wasn't any good at the end of his rookie season. Uh, teams figured him out. He had some horrendous games that year, and that led to their collapse at the end of his rookie season. And he had a lot more talent around in them, too, offensive line and receiver-wise. And he, I don't think he's ever been any good. And I just don't think he's ever going to be any good in the NFL. I mean, he had a great situation in Alabama with receivers, literally four or five guys who are now in the NFL, whether it be wide receivers or running backs and a tremendous offensive line. Most of those guys are in the NFL. 
He's just not any good, and I don't think he's ever been any good. Pay our friends Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits a visit this weekend, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. You can also visit them online at vonhansensmeats.net. There's plenty of things for you, whether you want meats, you want even seafood, you want chicken, you want spirits, you want craft beers, you want wine. They have it all, plus uh, they have the wonderful treats for your four-legged friends, too. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. We'll continue the Friday spread, getting into more NFL contests on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point right here on KDUS AM 1060. Carving out time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2 and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits here in the Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060. It is Friday. It is November 3rd, but there is a uh, full disclosure here pre-recording on a Thursday as I am probably at this point on hole number 13 on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be at lunch at this time tomorrow. <laughs> Very good. Or, or, or today, technically. Yeah, technically, yeah. Uh, so on Friday. On Friday, I'll be at lunch at this point. So hopefully <laughs> you'll be having an enjoyable lunch. I'll be uh, yeah. playing golf really well, and it'll be a fun afternoon for everybody. And can do a little pol- polite golf applause here. There thank you. Thank you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll all be getting the information on the games plus the $100 gift certificate still available to you over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Corey in studio. Big thanks to him for making sure this is running properly and answering your call when you are today's winner. Let's get back into it. The NFL games. I can't believe I'm returning with uh, with the break with this particular game, but here we go. <laughs> it's the Bears and the Saints. The Bears plus eight and a half, Saints minus eight and a half, over under sitting at 41. The last time that Derek Carr and the Saints had this quote-unquote offensive explosion, everyone was like, the Saints are back, and then they laid an egg. So now you have some more things happening with the Saints from last week. They had 16 plays of 10 yards or more last week, so the question is, has Derek Carr found some magic with the vertical passing game? I don't know. With Montez Sweat, though, is he suddenly going to make a difference for the Bears, who have a league-low 10 sacks and a pressure rate of just 27.8% on opposing quarterback dropbacks? Uh, I also wonder here how much the Saints' defense can confuse Tyson Bagent if he is going to be the starter uh, instead of Justin Fields. Well, it looks like he's going to be the starter, and I think I could confuse Justin Bajant, uh with a you know, couple of tricky defenses. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And the Saints certainly have a good defense personnel-wise, and most weeks this year they've been good. As far as Derek Carr, I actually think it's a pretty easy explanation. Yeah, he was playing hurt, uh, and he has really thrown the ball with efficiency uh, and frequency uh, down the field with success here the last couple of weeks. And I think the uh, Saints are going to run them out of the building, quite frankly. Uh, and it will be in the building because it'll be in New that Orleans. That is correct. <laughs> yes. The, and those nutty fans will be excited. I was going to say, they missed out on Halloween. 
<laughs> Nobody misses it. They have Halloween every night in New Orleans. <laughs> the Vikings and the Falcons. The Vikings plus three and a half. The Falcons minus three and a half. Over under sitting at 37 and a half. Well, we know about the information from earlier in the week with quarterback Joshua Dobbs being traded to Minnesota, but it will be Jaron Hall, the starting quarterback rookie from BYU for the Vikings. They are sitting at four and four on the season. Meanwhile, the Falcons have made a change at quarterback going with Taylor Heineke to get the start for Atlanta. This offense has moved the ball. It has had success moving the ball. It's just punching it in in the red zone, not turning it over, not not fumbling, not throwing interceptions. So I'm curious to see if that improves with Taylor Heineke. It would have to, I would think, because Desmond Ritter is another guy that shouldn't be an NFL quarterback. I don't necessarily think Heineke is either. We've seen enough of him in Washington where he's the reason that he's a backup quarterback and he's not a backup quarterback in Washington anymore. Uh, So we'll see what's up with that. Uh, Darren Hall against uh, Taylor Heineke. I don't have too much to offer in this game, quite frankly, other than I will say that the Vikings defense has definitely gotten better. Uh, especially against the run. And uh, I think Brian Flores, his aggressive style seems to be catching on for them. Uh, Then you have the Seahawks and the Ravens contest here over under sitting at 44 and a half Seahawks plus five and a half Ravens minus five and a half. The Ravens are coming off of a win here from Glendale over the Cardinals. They really didn't have to do too much in that game in order to get the victory. The Seahawks, they're coming off of a win against the Browns, but Geno Smith, he has got to protect the football. The Seahawks this week, um, from in front of the trade deadline got Leonard Williams that certainly helps beef up an already good defensive line I've been very impressed with the Ravens at this point with what they're doing defensively considering a lot of injuries that they sustained before the season and early in the season at this point though the question for me with the Ravens do we trust that Lamar is getting more comfortable in the offense I don't know if I ever trust Lamar, especially when we get to the playoffs. I don't think I'll ever trust him until he wins more than like one playoff game. But uh, back to the uh, defense and the Ravens, uh, I think the biggest question about their defense before the season started was their pass rush. They lead the league in sacks. (laughs) So they've done a good job with that. And it hasn't just been, you know, last week they hardly ever blitzed against the Cardinals because they didn't have to because their defensive line when the defensive line, their first guys were still in there, they just dominated the game. You know, the Cardinals scored a couple of phony touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and one of those touchdowns drives was pretty much when the, the, the starting defensive line was resting. They weren't even on the field. Uh, but when they're out, out there, they've been really good. Uh, the front seven has been excellent so far this season. Their secondary now seems to be, for the most part, healthy. Uh, as far as Seattle goes, uh, you know, taking, uh, you know, keeping in mind what I just said about the front defensive front for Baltimore, Seattle's uh, offensive line still not healthy. Kenneth Walker got beat up last week and has missed practice time this week. Then we have the Colts and the Panthers here. This could have been another rookie quarterback matchup, but Anthony Richardson has been uh, already had shoulder surgery and is set to miss the rest of the season. The question here for the Panthers, can they put two wins in a row together? And did Bryce Young turn a corner against the Blitz last week? Young was 9 of 11 for 143 yards and a touchdown. Has the Panthers defense gotten a little bit healthier and are they in a position to continue to force Gardner Minshew into some turnovers 
I should also mention it's well, Colts. Sorry, Colts minus two and a half, Panthers plus two and a half, over under sitting at 43 and a half. Yeah, I, I actually would favor the Colts a little bit here because I'm just not buying the Panthers because they had, you know, they didn't, they should have lost that game last week, quite frankly. Uh, I'm not buying that uh, they're suddenly figured it out, I'm not uh, buying that Young has figured it out, et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, the biggest thing here, you mentioned Minshew. He has eight turnovers now the last two games. So, you know, if, if you're going to be bold, and I just suggested maybe that was the side, maybe I should be not bold. Uh, certainly not going to bet money on this game, but once again, a team that I might take in a pool if I have to take it, that game in the pool. I think the biggest thing for me this week in these two teams that Shaq Leonard is really upset because he's not getting a full share of snaps. And, uh, you know, considered to be their best defensive player at least before the season started, and he's not happy. And with the new coaching staff, I don't. I think that's uh, something to at least mention. Now the Cowboys and the Eagles here. This is a fun NFC East matchup. The Cowboys plus three, Eagles minus three, over under sitting at 46 and a half. We do have to note that the Eagles were able to trade before the trade deadline for safety Kevin Byard from the Titans. Now, when it comes to the contest, this should be a fun one. Cowboys D-line, defensive front going up against the Eagles offensive line. Which front wins? Will the Eagles be able to run the ball? Can the Dallas corners slow down A.J. Brown? We highlighted earlier in the week how effective he's been and just the explosiveness that he's had, all the catches, all the yards that has continued now for six straight weeks. Dak also seems to be running with the football a little bit more as he's changing up some offensive looks. 59 rushing yards for him in the last two games as for prior to that, it was a total of 43 yards. Well, I think he's had to run because their offensive line, which is much heralded, has been not good. Uh, there, there's no question that their offensive line has taken a few steps back. Pollard is not anywhere near what he was pre-injury Pollard. The explosiveness is gone, uh, which I mentioned two or three weeks ago, and I've heard a whole lot of people talking about that the last couple of weeks since then. Not that they heard me to say, well, that guy's right, or maybe we should look into that. I think they just kind of noticed the same thing that I have. Uh, and that's a, they don't have anybody that can run, run between the tackles. Their red zone woes, I think, completely come down the fact that they don't have Zeke anymore and they don't have a guy that can get the short yardage or goal line carries and be successful. They're not a threat to run inside the red zone. I think that's the biggest reason that they've, been a pro, that they've had a problem there. As far as uh, you mentioned, obviously, you know, the, you know, Brown and, you know, Smith had a really big game last week and, you know, they figured out that, Hey, this Dallas Goddard guy's pretty good. We should throw him the ball a little more. And Goddard has actually been very good of late and they've had to throw more because I don't think there's any doubt, no matter what he wants to say, that Jalen Hurts has got some kind of knee thing going on. And this has been going on for at least a couple of weeks. He had this huge brace on last week. And uh, so I'm sure that'll be a, yeah, it's the big Fox game, the late game. And, you know, once the Cardinals and uh, Ravens are done, we can all watch this game and hopefully enjoy it. And this is uh, one of the uh, handful of games I'm really looking forward to this Sunday. Yeah, and it certainly has some implications here in the NFC East and whether or not the Cowboys can kind of keep pace here with the Eagles. Well, if they want to do that, it's a you know, must win. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. I just think that uh, – Playoff positioning in the NFC and the AFC, or you know, I actually thought the AFC was disappointing 
uh, as of a couple of weeks ago, but I've kind of changed my tune on that because, you know, they've got, I think they're, some of the uh, bottom feeders or maybe some teams that started off at a disappointing level like Jacksonville have uh, you know, proved uh, certainly on the defensive side in Jacksonville that uh, they're a playoff defense. I don't know if they're – I'm not sure they're a playoff offense, but they're completely the opposite of last year. Uh, but, you know, their defense is good. But the, the NFC is a little more uh, you know, bunched up. Let's put it that way. So, uh, you know, even if they, Dallas wins this game, I don't think they're going to win the division. Uh, but if they have any you know, hope to win the division, they have to win this game. Moving into the Giants and the Raiders, Giants plus one and a half, Raiders minus one and a half, over under sitting at 37 and a half. So we know what happened this week with Josh McDaniels getting fired. The Raiders have turned things over to interim Antonio Pierce. Jimmy Garoppolo has been benched. It's Aiden O'Connell time. The Raiders have yet to score 20 points on offense this season. Now, flipping this on over to the Giants side of things, no revenge game for Darren Waller. He's already been ruled out with a hamstring injury to miss this contest and maybe more games afterward. The question here is uh, also it looks like Daniel Jones is going to be back to starting. So can the run game with Saquon Barkley have a huge game against this Raiders defense? And Tyra Taylor has officially been ruled out, at least as of Thursday for this game. Uh, so I assume it's got to be Daniel Jones at this point. What's that clown's name that played last week? I'm oh, sorry. Oh, Tommy DeVito. That's right. I shouldn't call him a clown, but uh, yeah, he wasn't good, and he shouldn't be in an NFL roster either, as uh, mentioned with a few other quarterbacks the last few weeks. Uh, but he's a, he's a, he's near the bottom of the list as far as these guys that have no business being in the NFL. Uh, so there's that. As far as this game goes. Uh, a little more on Garoppolo. This isn't really a performance thing at all, even though his performance has not been good. But he's got all kinds of uh, incentive uh, you know, clauses in his contract where they have to pay him more. And they also have to make sure he doesn't get hurt uh, because of his contract cla- you know, after this year. There's injury things in there and so forth. And I think it's pretty safe to say, unless there's just a complete disaster or something just you know, immediately, unexpectedly changes. Jimmy Garoppolo has played his last snap with the Raiders. And we were talking a little bit off air that, uh, you know, whether or not he's played his last snap in the NFL. I mean, there is, I think there's a quarterback problem in the NFL. And I th- think I saw something too, that if Jaron Hall does start for uh, Minnesota. He's a rookie quarterback. And then you also have, if Clayton Toon makes the start for the Cardinals against the Browns, that uh, it's going to be the first time that there's like nine-plus rookie quarterbacks starting in the NFL since like the 70s. Wow. So quarterback play is certainly a problem right now. Uh, it is, no question. And, uh, yeah, I think that most people have listened to this show over the years know that I'm not a big Jimmy Garoppolo fan. However, if he wanted to go back to New England, he's better than Mac Jones. I would agree with that. Uh, the Bills and the Bengals. This game here on Sunday night, the Bills plus one and a half, the Bengals minus one and a half, over under sitting at 49 and a half. The Bills got cornerback Rasul Douglas. Uh, I think I saw that they put Elam officially on IR. Uh, the question here for the Bills, what's up with Josh Allen's shoulder? Uh, who is this Bills team? Do they have that same identity that we've seen in snippets this season? 
for the Bengals, are the Bengals back? Are they just this team that starts really slow? They're back to being healthy. Joe Mixon, has he found something here? And the offense is starting to roll because the Bengals' defense, at least especially over the last couple of weeks, has been really solid. Yeah, I think actually the main story this line storyline this game really has anything to do with the game itself this week is obviously DeMar Hamlin returning to Cincinnati. Uh, you know, it's reported that he's going to meet with many of the hospital staff that attended to him last December and you know, helped him uh, you know, not necessarily save his life because that seems like that was done on the field, but helped him in his early stages of rehab. Uh, so I'm sure that that will be sufficiently covered uh, in the uh, with the television crew, this is Sunday. This is a Sunday night game, right? Yes. So, I'm sure that they'll have plenty on that, and as they should, for sure. As far as the game itself goes, I'm guessing that Hamlin will probably be not active because he's only been active for a handful of games this particular season because of you know, performance level and so forth. But uh, Josh Allen, uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, you, know, you know, his down the field efficiency. Uh, certainly uh, disappeared in that last game that they played on Thursday night because of what you know, was reported by uh, you know, Kaylee Hartung on the uh, on the on the broadcast that he you know, had a shoulder problem. He went into the tent and they didn't really say much as far as the team, but she found out that there was a shoulder thing. And if you look at the second half, they barely even tried to throw the ball anywhere, you know, even five or ten yards down the field. So we'll see how he's doing. Not only did they add Rasul Douglas this week, who should certainly help their secondary, they also added Lundbell Joseph this week. And, yeah, he's still a serviceable defensive lineman. I'm really surprised that he was still on the street. Uh, maybe he was just asking for more money or looking for a, uh, his preference of a contending team uh, to go to. But, you know, that should make up for the Jones injury to some extent. He's not as good as Jones, but unfortunately Jones out for the season. And they also added Leonard Fournette this week. I'm not exactly sure how he would fit in. Uh, you know, they could use uh, you know some kind of short yardage running back because clearly Cook is not that guy. Uh, Cook is a really good guy in space, but I don't think you want him returning uh, running between the tackles. And they pretty much have decided uh, you know, weeks ago that he's not their guy between the tackles. I think that that is correct on their part. Playoff Lenny, he's ready to get things going for for the Buffalo Bills. Better make the playoffs if he's going to be playoff Lenny. As far as the Bengals go, obviously, Gerald Burrow is back. Uh, I think everybody determined that last week. He's 19 consecutive completions in that game against San Francisco. Their offensive line has gotten better. I'm not exactly sure how, but they have. Uh, the secondary also has improved. That I understand because those guys, were a lot of them were inexperienced before the season started. And those guys have played much better in the last few games. And uh, it's now time. Right now, give Corey a call. 602-260-1060. Caller number three. You are the winner of today's $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. The weekend specials for you. Choice certified Angus beef bottom sirloin roast at $12.99 a pound. Prime boneless bacon wrapped pork chops. Eight ounce average at two for $10. Fresh natural boneless skinless chicken breast at $4.99 a pound. Caller three. You're today's winner of the $100 gift certificate 
to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, 602-260-1060. Von Hansen's located 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. And make sure when you talk to Corey as today's winner, you give him the weekend bet because we're looking to go to 8-2 and two on the season. So we will anxiously await what the, uh, the bet is for the weekend. We'll have the poll questions coming up on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. I'm sure at this point, Corey has texted me who the winner is, what we're rooting for, for the weekend specials bet as we're looking to go back-to-back and 8-2 and two on the season. Looking forward to updating that on Monday. As you're listening to this, uh, Bob and I are doing a pre-record on Thursday, but still wanted to make sure that the $100 gift certificate got into a winner's hands. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. It's time, though, to answer today's poll questions, so let's re-evaluate uh, those. The KDOS1060.com poll question, going back to the Arizona Diamondbacks and the season that was and how they can move forward here, will the Diamondbacks challenge the Dodgers next season in the NL West? Yes or no? No. Um, you know, so, you know, certainly uh, – I'm not a big believer in the momentum from the end of a season carrying into the next year, but still the Dodgers from top to bottom have a better roster than the Diamondbacks. And I'm assuming that some of their starting pitching will be healthier. They're also going to add some players in the offseason, whether it be Otani, who's not going to pitch next season, remember, but still is going to be somebody that's going to be DH. Uh, so I just think uh, they've only won, what is it, 10 out of 11 they've won now, 10, 11 years. The last two years, the postseason is a whole different thing. But they have the best roster over 162-game regular season, as if they, you know, they've proven that. And the one year that they've lost here, uh, the Giants had to win 107 games to win the division. They, they beat the Dodgers by one game. Uh, so I, I think it would be uh, foolish to believe that uh, the Diamondbacks are going to just automatically now challenge the Dodgers in the uh, 160, 162 game regular season. Yeah, so I think there's a couple of ways to look at this here. What moves will the Dodgers make in the offseason with their payroll? Also, with getting their starting pitchers back and healthy, uh, how does that impact and change things for the Dodgers? You also can ask the same question here about the Diamondbacks in the offseason. What planned planned moves do they have ahead? Uh, important for them, I think, to find a power bat. I think important for them to uh, find another starting pitcher. I, I think there are still questions in the bullpen as well. So while this season was absolutely fun to watch, this playoff run was incredible, things all started to come together for them, there's still areas in which you can kind of uh, improve Improve and ha- add some depth as well. So the questions are, you know, are they going to be able to do that? Uh, in addition to that, here, 
I think uh, some of the injuries that started to pile up for the Dodgers impacted things for them late in the season and then into that playoff run. So when you're looking at winning the NL West, I don't think there's any guarantees. Can we maybe say that the gap has been closed or that uh, they are going to be able to, uh, you know, be uh, it could be a little bit more fun, competitive series? I think we can say that. Uh, But with all of that in mind, I still think the Dodgers um, at this point in time would be number one in the NL West. Sounds fair. Well, I was about to do the masses, but I don't know the masses. So go to KDOS1060.com to see what the masses have voted on this particular question. Uh, flipping, they'll, they'll be on. The, I, I predict that they're on the Diamondback side because every or seemingly every LA versus uh, you know an Arizona question we've had for a long time, it's always going to be the Arizona side that is uh, number one in the voting. I mean, obviously, being here, we would love for that to be the case. <laughs> Yes, and it's been unfortunately being here, it seldom has been the case. So uh, we will certainly continue to just uh, see how this offseason unfolds and uh, plenty of things to, to come about and in what direction each and every one of these teams is going to go in. Flipping it on over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060 at time of recording here. We don't know officially who is going to be the starting quarterback actually for either one of these teams. Uh, At last look, Deshaun Watson had practiced in a limited capacity. I don't know if he's close to coming back. Uh, I think having absolutely zero strength and a lot of pain in your shoulder and then being asked to use that shoulder to throw a football is problematic. So I don't think that that really just flips a switch and gets better automatically here. So it could be another P.J. Walker game. Then for the Cardinals here, don't know the official official designation, whether or not it's going to be uh, Clayton Toon or whether or not it's going to be Kyler Murray. But as it is now, who do you have ATS in Cleveland, Cardinals plus eight or Browns minus eight certainly not knowing who the starting quarterbacks are going to be makes uh, a little bit of a difference here and eight points seems like a large margin for these two teams but I trust the Browns defense they have um maybe had pockets of of moments where you're like wow I didn't really expect the Browns to kind of get run on there or completed that pass here but for the entirety of eight weeks they have been an impressive defensive unit and the other thing too for the Browns on the offensive side of the ball they would like to run the football and uh Jerome Ford if he's healthy uh that can certainly have an impact on the Cardinals who have been susceptible against the run yeah, I actually don't think it matters who the quarterbacks are in this game unless, you know, Kyler Murray is actually the quarterback and plays like he did early in the, uh, you know, 2021 season when I thought that was the only really four or five week stretch that I thought he was any good. Uh, so that was, he's playing on a high level then. I didn't think he did before or after, quite frankly. Uh, so I don't think it matters. If he, if he plays and plays like that, then all bets are off. But I think the, you know, the, Jim Schwartz and the the Browns defense has just got to be chuckling. Maybe not. Maybe they are chuckling out loud for all I know, but they got to be chuckling at the uh, the thought that Clayton Toon is going to be making his first start against their defense. Also, the Cardinals' offensive line has been atrocious, 
and gotten worse as the season has continued with basically the same players, especially their tackles. Uh, Humphreys and Johnson have been, you know, Humphreys, I think, has been, this is the worst season that he's had, in my opinion. And uh, Johnson, is, you know, after the first game in Washington, actually had some decent games in a row, but he's been bad the last two games. I don't care where you line up, Miles Garrett, or where he lines up. He's just kind of just going to be feasting. So that's one side of the ball. The other side of the ball is the the uh, the Cardinals' run defense has been the worst in the NFL in the last four games. I don't care who's running the ball for Cleveland. They still have a competent or above-competent offensive line, whether it's you know, whoever it is, even if it's uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, that should be sufficient. Just run it between the tackles, and whoever the quarterback is, just don't turn it over. And I think that this game has a chance to be not good at all. In fact, uh, the pool that I always refer to, uh, definitely uh, going to advocate taking the Browns and that with my partner. And I think there's a really good possibility I'm going to be betting on the Browns in this game. I already did. Uh, I think this line earlier was seven and a half in the week, and I took that down to one and a half. So it was a teaser leg, or maybe it was eight and a half, and I took it to two and a half. Can't remember what I did, but it was, it's one leg and a teaser for for the Browns down um, in this particular contest. And again, I don't have the masses, but go to Twitter at KDUSAM1060 if you'd like to cast your vote. On the other side of the break, we wrap up this Friday, November 3rd edition of the Extra Point. Once again, a reminder here for you, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Pay them a visit, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Craft beer, wine, spirits, and amazing treats for your four-legged friends. Also, vonhansensmeats.net. One more segment to go here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. segment of this edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. We appreciate you hanging here with us as it's a pre-recorded show on this Friday, November 3rd, but hopefully it had plenty of good, solid information for the weekend games ahead. Should be a fun edition of college football and the NFL. But as we typically do in this segment, it is now thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, Whomever and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today at Cardinals and Browns preview was Scott Petrick of Brown Zone. Also, special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. Yes, and an extra special thank you to Corey for manning the operations for yes. the show today. Another golf clap there, except, yeah, I'd go crazy if you, you know, I wasn't able to, you know, I'm trying to be civil. So, oh, good. For a, cha- for a change. <laughs> you can go crazy if we have a hole-in-one or something. First time ever for my c- c- civility there, as far as that goes. 
Uh, but anyway, thank you. An extra special thank you to Corey there, manning the operations and taking your phone call today for the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Once again, the specials for Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, choice certified Angus beef bottom sirloin roast at $12.99 a pound, prime boneless bacon wrapped pork chops, eight ounces, average at two for $10, and fresh natural boneless skinless chicken breast at $4.99 a pound. Pay them a visit at 2390 North. North Alma School in Chandler. Coming up next here in uh, on KDOS AM 1060, we have Sports Map Radio Network for you from noon to 1 o'clock. Then you have the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6. And as a reminder, Monday, the Dan Patrick Show, live, 7 to 10 a.m., Followed by the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp from 10 to 11 and the Extra Point from 11 to 1. Everything being shifted back one hour with the time change that the rest of the country experiences. Uh, One other thing that I wanted to make mention of uh, is the Big 12. They had announced their scheduling and we talked a little bit about the home schedule for ASU football in 2024. But some of the things that ended up being divulged about the Big 12 scheduling is that they will not have divisions and they will not have pod scheduling, which was maybe a thought going into how they were going to do Big 12 scheduling here. Instead, each team will play a nine-game regular season conference. Every Big 12 team will play each other at least once, home and away, over a four-year scheduling plan. And there are four protected rivalries that will play each and every year. Those four include the U of A versus ASU, Baylor versus TCU, BYU versus Utah, and Kansas versus Kansas State. Oh, the Holy War is back. I didn't even think about that. BYU and Utah. So that's good. I think that's a good thing for college football. And I think it's good for both those programs, actually. It's not good for Utah that it's leaving the Pac-12, quite frankly, when you know, they've been the best team in the conference the last couple of years, and I understand it's good that they're leaving the Pac-12 because everybody else has left the Pac-12. Uh, but you know, that it, it, uh, they're they, how how's recruiting going to go for Utah now that they're not recruiting uh, for the West Coast? Yeah, you know, they got a lot of guys over out of Texas over the years, though. But the majority of their best players have come from California. It'll be fascinating because they've done a pretty nice job there of recruiting and also the type of player that they recruit uh, in terms of being a more physical team in the Pac-12. That's true. Also, they've done an excellent job recruiting the Polynesian players. I wonder if that will continue. ASU in 2024, home, BYU, UCF, Kansas, Utah, away, U of A, Cincinnati, Kansas State, OK State and Texas Tech for the U of A in 2024, home ASU, Colorado, Texas Tech, Houston, West Virginia, away BYU, Utah, TCU, and UCF. So that's what's on wow. the horizon for those two teams. West Virginia, the U of A regional rivalry. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. 
But specifically to this weekend, ASU football is at Utah. It's an 11 a.m. game on the Pac-12 network on Saturday. U of A football versus UCLA, 7.30 p.m. on FS1 on Saturday. The Cardinals on Sunday at the Browns. That's an 11 a.m. game on CBS on Sunday. And, uh, Bob, I have to thank you for making an extra special uh, couple of hours out of your Thursday to make this show happen. Uh, So thank you for that. No problem. Uh, I'm, you know, currently at lunch. So that, that, you want to do this every week? I could probably, pull, I could figure that out. <laughs> Fair enough. Speaking of lunch and dinner, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits Weekend Specials, Choice Certified Angus Beef Bottom Sirloin Roast, $12.99 a pound, Prime Boneless Bacon Wrapped Pork Chops, 8 ounces, 2 for $10, Fresh Natural Boneless Skinless Chicken Breast at $4.99 a pound, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Pay them a visit, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Everyone have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Thanks for listening, and we will do this again with you on Monday, starting with the Sports Zone at 10 a.m.